It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. Claudia Porter is a self-taught quilter who has been quilting for over 30 years. She has been writing online tutorials and creating YouTube videos for about 10 years. Then four years ago, she decided to make her passion for quilting and fabric crafts a full-time job and started Create with Claudia. In addition to all that, she has been a social media influencer for a number of companies. Claudia, thank you so much for joining me on A Quilter's Life. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to do this. Uh-huh. Let's start with where were you born and raised? So I was born in Missouri, but I was not raised there. We moved to Arlington, Virginia, when I guess I was probably about three or four, I think. I don't remember Missouri at all. And then I lived and was raised in Arlington, Virginia, which is really just right outside of Washington, D.C., And then I went away to college. I went to North Carolina State University in Raleigh, North Carolina. And after that, I moved to New York City for about five years and then decided, well, that wasn't for me. I love the city. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love living in New York. But then I moved back to Old Town Alexandria, which is right next to Arlington. So back to basically the Washington, D.C. metro area until I met my husband. And then that's how we ended up here. (laughs) Can you share a childhood memory? When you gave me that question, I thought long and hard about that. And honestly, that's a tough one. But I think hanging out by the pool every day, all summer long, we lived in a community with a lot of townhouses and the pool was open from 9 a.m. till 9 p.m. And I think all summer long, I was there every single day, all day long. So I was trying to think of things. I said, that was a great memory because my brother would be there, lots of friends. It was a lot of fun. Wow. So you didn't join a swim team? In high school, I did just for about a year because there was a boy on there that was kind of cute. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought if you love the water that much, maybe you were on the team too. Yeah. (laughs) Other than quilting, did you have employment? I did. After college, I did a lot of grants administration for universities And that's really what I did. Accounting type things, bookkeeping. I got married when I was in my 30s. So before that, I did, like I said, accounting, bookkeeping, and grants administration. That's detailed work. So back to you were in the D.C. area and you have moved to Pennsylvania. I kept hearing big cities, big cities, big cities. And now I know in Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania is not big city. That must have been an adjustment. It is a big adjustment. So when I moved back to D.C. area, I worked at the university and at a school. And then I met my husband. And once we got married, then I moved with him out to Frederick, Maryland. So that was still D.C. area, but further out. So we didn't get into the city that much. But yes, after our daughter was born, before she started school, the schools down in Frederick were really busy and overcrowded. And we thought, you know what, this is the perfect time. And he could work from home. I could do some part-time work from home because I was staying home and raising our daughter. So we decided to move up here because my husband actually is originally from this area. And so we 
picked Slippery Rock, we actually just fell in love with the house that we saw. And because he could work from home, we could pretty much pick where we wanted to live. And yes, it is small. It was a big adjustment. <laughs> and I do head down the road to Pittsburgh sometimes because I really do need that city fix, I guess is what I would call it. And Pittsburgh, the roads there, I think, are strange. I think it would be easy to get lost in Pittsburgh. It is. Thank goodness for Google Maps, because <laughs> I couldn't run around there without them. And there are lots of one ways and the bridges are crazy. But I tell you, Google Maps is great for that. <laughs> <laughs> Claudia, is there anything else you wanted to share about your family? Just that I have a great husband who helps me with the technical side of my business, the computers, the setup, the filming, that kind of thing. I couldn't do it actually without him. And then my daughter who helps me with the social media side, she's in college now, so we miss her. She's a sophomore in college. And then my parents moved up here a couple of years after I did. My father's since deceased, but my mother's still there and she helps me out sometimes too. So fun. That's great that you could stay close with her. Yeah. Are there other crafts that you do or have done in the past? Some, I like to watercolor, although I haven't done that in a long time. And I do other little crafts and we'll talk about that later. I started by writing online articles of all kinds of different crafts, but it's mostly fabric related. So as far as crafts, not too, too many. How about any other hobbies? We like to hike and there's some beautiful hiking up here north of Pittsburgh. There's some beautiful trails. So my husband and I like to do that. And then I am a fanatic about puzzles. I love jigsaw puzzles. The harder, the better. <laughs> Maybe that's why I like to put quilt pieces together or something. I've always wondered if that might be related somehow. I'm not sure. So, Yeah. I had a friend that would do jigsaw puzzle competitions. Evidently at the competition, everyone would get the exact same puzzle and they had to put it together. And I thought that was interesting. <laughs> That sounds interesting. Actually, that sounds like fun, except that I bet they go really fast. And I do take time because mine are, like I said, I like to pick hard ones. It's more just I relax. I put on some music and it's just sort of my space, my time <laughs> to relax. So we just touched on this a bit. Do your hobbies show up in your quilting? And we were talking about the puzzles, the quilts being a puzzle. Are there any other ways that your hobbies show up in your quilting? Well. Not really, although I love the colors in nature. When we hike, we saw these beautiful greens and browns and things like that, but not directly, not like I do tree quilts or anything like that. On the reverse side, my husband, this is another thing he helps me with. A lot of times on the shorter hikes, I'll take a quilt with me to take pictures. So in that respect, yes, they do cross over because he gets to hold it while I take pictures in the woods of my quilt. So. <laughs> So do you have to take your hikes at certain times of day so that you have your lighting right? Or it just happens however it happens? It happens however it happens. Although sometimes if it's a really good day for lighting, like if we get snow, which is really good for <laughs> quilt pictures, I don't know why, but <laughs> there's a park real nearby and you know, I'll say, hey, get in the car. We're taking these quilts with us. And <laughs> so we sort of go on a very short hike or we just you know go somewhere where there's not a lot of traffic and get some pictures. Nice. Tell us about who introduced you to quilting or how you started quilting. So I introduced myself. My dad was crafty, but he did other things. And my mom didn't sew or anything. And 
I had always seen quilts and I thought they were beautiful. And I thought that would be sort of fun to do. I did some sewing in like junior high. I took like a sewing class or something, but that was like, I made a dress, that kind of thing. My mother had a stroke when I had moved back to Arlington. And so I was helping my dad, you know, take care of her and helping her recuperate. And in the back of my head, I needed something to do to keep my mind off of, you know, that situation. So when she was finally well enough to get out of the house, I bought a book and it was one of these books of like how to do all sorts of crafts. It had like one chapter on quilting. And I said, oh, this can't be that hard. And so I said, mom, we're going to go to a fabric store because it says I need to buy fabric. It was like her first outing out after recuperating somewhat. And they got her a chair and I remember bringing home and I had no idea what I was doing. I think I must have bought like 20 yards of fabric. And I said, this ought to do it for one quilt. And <laughs> I think I still have some of that fabric from like 30 something years ago in my stash. <laughs> but that's how I learned. And I taught myself and I would cut out templates from cereal boxes. And I had this small little apartment and I just kept everything in a box. And I did not have a sewing machine for like the first five years. So I did everything by hand. Then I realized my husband was a keeper because when we were dating, he said, you know, you need a sewing machine. And he bought me my first sewing machine. So <laughs> I said, well, okay, this guy's pretty good. So, <laughs> And that did change so much for me because it was a lot of work doing it all by hand. Well, the piecing and the quilting all by hand. Yeah. Do you ever feel like quilting by hand now? I do. I miss it. I have like a progressive hand issue. So it's getting harder and harder for me to do it. I still will machine piece my binding on, but then hand stitch it on the back. It just relaxes me so much. And I do a little bit of embroidery. That was actually one of the hobbies. I do some embroidery, but unfortunately I cannot hand quilt anyway. And I make bigger quilts now, although I made bigger quilts before too, but my hand, it gets too sore and I can't do it anymore which is a real shame. That was always one of my favorite parts of it was just sitting and watching TV and just relaxing and getting in that rhythm of stitching. Yeah, that's too bad. Do you have a favorite quilt? I do. My dad always, no matter where we were, what we were doing, he had a handkerchief, one of those cotton handkerchiefs, and they always had like plaids or stripes on them. And my brother and I would joke and say, if we'd spill something or get something on our face, out came the handkerchief. <laughs> and even when he was like in the nursing home, he always had a handkerchief by his bedside or in his pocket or something. And so I said, you know what, when he passes away, I want those handkerchiefs. So he had stacks of them over the years. And I said, I'm going to make quilts. And I made three little ones, one for me, one for my mom and one for my brother and cut them up. And they're actually really cool. They're very geometric and they look pretty modern. And so it will always be my favorite quilt. And I did a tutorial on it, which my dad would have been blown away by because he didn't quite understand the whole YouTube thing. He knew I wrote articles online, but I don't think he maybe understood the video part of it so much anymore. So he would be surprised at that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still out there. So we can all see that, right? Yeah, it's on my YouTube channel. Great. <laughs> it's how to make a quilt out of men's handkerchiefs. I think that's the name. I don't remember. So. <laughs> While you're quilting, is there a tool that you're so happy you have? Honestly, and I say it in a lot of my videos, I love my square ruler. And it's a very simple tool. I love it with that diagonal line. I use that all the time. I use other tools too, but that's the one I don't think I could do without. Honestly, nothing fancy, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, it does so much. 
right? And maybe that's why I like a bargain and I like the things to be able to use things for a lot of things. So do you like each step of the quilting process or is there one step that you really enjoy? I love designing. I could sit in front of the computer or I have graph paper books all over the house with like a couple pencils next to them. I just love drawing and designing them. And I also like piecing. I don't like cutting them out so much, but I like piecing. The actual quilting part, I don't do a lot of machine quilting. Anything bigger than like a large lap size, I will send to a long armor at this point. I mean, I do just definitely some machine quilting, but it's mostly straight line quilting. So it's not my favorite part. My least favorite is definitely basting. <laughs> I hate basting quilts. <laughs> yep. When you do baste, is it pin basting or sewing basting? Definitely pin basting. Unless now I've gotten to the point with smaller pieces like mini quilts or like a small wall hanging. I like fusible batting at this point because it's also with my hand, it's getting harder and harder to pin. And that might be one of the reasons I also send out to a long armor because I can't pin base a big quilt anymore. Yeah. I'm picturing all the pins I'm taking out of a quilt right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Tell about your worst quilting experience. Okay. <laughs> this was early, early on when I didn't know anything about quilting. And I guess when I was born, one of my aunts made a beautiful, like hand embroidered little baby quilt, you know, uh, that I think a lot of people got. And I was born in the 60s and I still have it. Well, I thought, you know, I got to hang this thing. So I bought this really sticky hook and loop closure stuff. So I just stuck it with all the glue on the back of the quilt thinking, oh, no problem. And then later, once I got to learn more, I was like, I should not have done that. And so I tried to pull it off and it tore the back and uh, it's still torn. And I tried to get the gummy part off and no, it just broke my heart. That is a beautiful quilt. And it's such an heirloom. It still is, but. And I'm probably what I should do is just get some white cotton and sew it on the back and cover up the hole. But it's one of those things I haven't gotten around to doing yet because it really is an heirloom from one of my aunts. So when something like that happens, your heart just drops. You're not quite expecting that. And you can't take that second back. It's yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, stupid. What did I just do to this quilt? <laughs> There's so many different things that we can do. Why do you think you turn to making quilts rather than spend your time doing anything else? Well, I like an artistic sort of a creative outlet. And I think they're just beautiful. I always have loved like a scrap, just looking at those pieces put together. And I love putting pieces together, like going back to the puzzles and that kind of thing. And I just thought it was just a beautiful artistic expression. And there was a little while, especially when my daughter was a little baby, I didn't have a lot of time to do it and things like that. And so I didn't do very much of it, but it just makes me happy. It's like you're painting with fabric. I like to watercolor, but I'm not very good at it. So it's sort of a little bit maybe like that, like painting a picture with fabric. So. Mm -hmm. And who do you usually make your quilts for? Well, it used to be mostly for me, or I made a lot for my daughter or for my husband, but now I make a lot for patterns that I'm designing, that kind of thing. And then I know we're going to touch on it later. I'm an Island Batik ambassador. And so I make a lot for those projects and try to turn those into maybe a YouTube video or something like that. I do make some special ones, but mostly it's for my business. 
Mm-hmm. Do you have a special project going on right now? I do, but I can't show it. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm designing a couple patterns. So <laughs> share a quilting tip. Just have fun with it and just don't be nervous about it. And if your points aren't pointing, don't worry about it and just have fun. That's basically all I can say. I think just have fun with it. Yep. I think that's our number one tip. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good one. So describe how you had quilting as a hobby and you decided to have it become your business. So. When my daughter was getting older and we moved up to Pennsylvania, I was doing part-time work. And then on the side, I said, you know, I could probably earn a few pennies. And I started writing online articles for a website under a pen name. And I started making a little bit of money. I did recipes. I did a lot of like how to, just all kinds of things like lists, like, hey, the top 10 fabrics to make whatever for, I can't even remember off the top of my head what I wrote about, but I wrote about like 180 articles for them like tips on travel, that kind of thing. And I said, you know, I'm making money doing this and I'm still having so much fun quilting. And I said, why don't I start my own blog? So in my early fifties, I was like, you know, I'm going to go for it. So I quit my part-time job. I started a website. A lot of times I don't like to follow somebody else's pattern. I like to sort of make up my own quilts. People had always said, you know, you ought to start designing your and selling your own quilts. And I said, you know, I should try that. So I used to write a lot more about all kinds of different craft and fabric projects and that kind of thing. I did a lot of mostly tutorials and things like that. And then it's just developed over the last few years into more pattern writing and that kind of thing. Share the name of your business and tell us how you came about naming your company that. Well, it's Create with Claudia. And originally, like I said, I did a lot of different sort of craft and fabric projects. It wasn't all about quilting it. And so I never really considered putting quilting in the name. And so when I decided, when I said, okay, I'm doing this, I'm quitting my part-time job and I'm going to start a website. I wrote down all these ideas. And then the three of us, my husband, my daughter, and I voted on it. (laughs) And that's how we chose that one. So, And in hindsight, I probably would have, no, I shouldn't say in hindsight, I'm going to keep it the same because even though I do quilting, I did other sort of creations as well. And that leaves it open if something else pops up that you want to share. It's in there too. You offer workshops. Do you remember how it felt when that first person signed up for a workshop you were going to offer? Well, I just started offering workshops. So before that, I did quilt guild speaking. And so I could more speak to that. And the first guild that asked me was a quilt shop. And Number one, I was really nervous because I was like, uh-oh, wait a minute. Somebody actually wants me to talk. I do YouTube videos, so I'm in my basement by myself. I'm much more comfortable doing that. I'm not a public speaker, but it went really well, and I had a lot of fun doing it. So now I love talking to guilds, but it was so scary, exciting, and all at the same time. So did you feel like you overcame that nervousness? Is it much more comfortable to speak now? It is. Although that day when I know I'm speaking at a guild that night, then it's like, oh boy. Okay. And then a few deep breaths and I'm like, it's okay. And once I start, then I'm much more relaxed. And I'm also more familiar, of course, with the program I'm talking about and that kind of thing. So yeah, it is easier, but I still like being in my basement by myself (laughs) in front of a camera. (laughs) 
because I can edit it and change out what I say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when you sold your first pattern, tell us about how that went and how exciting that was. Well, that was very exciting because I opened my Etsy shop, put everything out on social media. Hey, my first pattern. And sure enough, I got an order. And I remember like dancing around the house and I was like, I got an order. I mean, it was for one pattern and it was a download. So I didn't have to do anything. I was like, look, and I was running around with my phone and it was crazy exciting. And I still don't sell a ton of patterns. When somebody buys on Etsy, I still, it's like, oh, I got an order. Woohoo. And I've had a couple of wholesale orders. And those are very exciting too. And then, wow, a shop actually bought something I designed. (laughs) Who knew? Looking at your heartstrings quilt, it's such a unique idea with hearts. And I hope everyone goes out and looks at that pattern because it's really cute. Thank you so much. It was a fun one. And it's just a sweet pattern. and, And it's not super hard. It's good for like a confident beginner and it just made me happy. I've had that design in my head for a long time. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. And luckily, I did it through Island Boutique. It's in one of their catalogs. So, oh, neat. So, what did it take to become an Island Boutique brand ambassador? The way I became an ambassador, about, I saw it on Instagram. I think they said, hey, apply to become an ambassador. And I was like, oh, that might be fun. I love boutiques. I love, love, love working with boutiques. So, I applied. I did not get in the first year. They have a whole survey online. They have to answer questions about your social media, a lot of different questions and things like that. And I said, oh, that's okay. I actually didn't think I was going to get in. And then the next year I said, well, let me try it again. Why not? You know, if the worst they're going to say is no. And then I got in. And so that was really exciting. And it's just been a great program. And I just started my third year with them. They're so generous with their fabric and we do a project each month. And then four times a year, we have a blog hop where we highlight their new fabric line. So it's really fun because you get a little behind the scenes. You get to see some fabric before other people. And like I said, my special project I'm looking at right now on my floor is made up some fabric that won't come out till May. So that's kind of fun. And you work with some great, there's 25 of us. And it's great for your creative process too, because it's so much fun to see different ambassadors and what they do. And it's a great challenge because you're like, that looks good. And I want to do something like that, you know, that kind of thing. So. Wow. Now, once you're an ambassador for Island Boutique, are you in for quite a while or do you have to reapply every year or how does that work? You reapply every year. Yep. I think the application process, if I recall, it's like either October or November when they put the call out and then they let us know in December, but then they don't announce it to the public until the first week in January. But yes, you definitely have to apply each year. And then when they send you the fabric, you make that up in a pattern that you've created or do they tell you what to make? So in the past... Each challenge is different. Like they'll send us a list for each month. You know, it's wide ranging. For example, like for February for a blog hop, we all had to do a puff quilt, but we could do whatever kind of puff quilt we wanted to do. And I know in the past ambassadors have used the pattern that they then sold and they don't put real detailed parameters on anything. And that, like last year, we did a New York beauty quilt with a line of fabric and we did The year before, we used a storm at sea pattern. I'm trying to think (laughs) back. So they do give you some guidelines, but mostly it's up to you. And you can sort of decide to do what you want with that. A lot of times what I'll do is, 
let's say the challenge is a scrappy quilt. I'll do the scrappy quilt. But then because I do so much on YouTube, I will do like a little bonus project and maybe do like something that sort of uses that fabric that I used for that month, but for a little tutorial on YouTube, like a quilt block or something like that. Oh, neat. So people following you can have several options, huh? Right. And congratulations on being named YouTube Woman Creators on the Rise last year in 2022. That must have been exciting. That was very exciting. Thank you so much. Yeah, they sent me an email and I was like, whoa, I definitely would want to be a part of that. So again, who knew at 50 something years old, I've been on YouTube now 10 years that I would be doing this on YouTube. That wasn't on my radar at all, but it's just a lot of fun. In 2020, I was actually their creator of the day, which was crazy fun too. And they only tell you like the day before. And it's like, oh, at first I thought it was like a spam email. I was like, oh, there's no way. <laughs> like, what is this? But sure enough, I'm in my late 50s now. I'm just having a lot of fun with it. What can I say? (laughs) Like I said, my daughter's in college, and I think some of her friends do think it's kind of cool that her mother's on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) The question is, does she think it's cool? (laughs) I think so, but I I don't want to speak for her. (laughs) She may not tell me if she thinks it's cool or not. So. Is there anything else about Create with Claudia you wanted to share with us? Like I said, I I love designing. I design for Island Batique as well, but that is separate from being an ambassador for them. And anybody can submit patterns when they put calls out for design. That was something also that was never on my radar. And I thought I would give it a shot. And now here I am. I have like four or five patterns. I have a couple more coming out. So that's just opened up a whole new world for me. So Create with Claudia, I'm, I'm having fun with it. I'm on TikTok. Again, totally off my radar. Never, ever, ever would I have thought I'd be on TikTok. And where can we find your business? My website's www.createwithclaudia.com. I have an Etsy shop, Create with Claudia. I have my YouTube. Most everything is under Create with Claudia. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. I also have a Facebook group called Working Our Scraps Off, which is lots of fun. Everybody shares their scrappy quilts. And I was doing a monthly project using scraps on YouTube, sort of a YouTube type series, which I need to get back to. Over the holidays, I was pushed behind a little bit, but trying to catch up with a few things. So, (laughs) And those links will be on your episode page so we can always find you there. Great. Claudia, thank you so much for joining me on A Quilter's Life today. I so enjoyed hearing your story. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate being on here. And like I said, this was my first podcast. I had a blast. So thank you. Great. Bye-bye. Bye. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening.